Hello everybody, I am Sophie Priest. Some of you may know me as a presenter from Switch Radio. I've decided to step outside the studio and find out what is going on on the streets of Birmingham. Today's topic is focusing on youth violence. I'm going to be talking to Birmingham Says No director Rachel Warren to find out what is going on with the youth of today. So let's go and find out what she has to say. So Rachel, thank you for coming today. No problem. We're going to talk about youth violence. Mm -hmm. um, so do you want to start off talking about your organisation, Birmingham Says No? Yeah, absolutely. Birmingham Says No um, was established in October. Mm. Um, a friend and I established it with a, a there was actually a, a kind of nationwide call out. Mm. Um, an operation in London that was called Operation Shutdown took place last summer, yeah. where they put sort of demands on Parliament requesting certain things to change in relation to knife crime and youth violence. Um, two of the ladies separated from that organisation and set up their own initiative called Croydon Says No. Mm. Um, they put a shout out and said, like, was anyone interested in joining them in the fight against knife crime across the country? And we ended up with 45 different towns and cities all on board to put together an event at the same day, same time, with the same message across the country. That was our first event that we held on the 12th of October. That was the protest one, did you? Yeah, well, that's So right. to speak, the yeah, protest yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, so basically uh, myself and another lady that sadly lost her son to knife crime um, a couple of years ago, we both sort of kind of said, yeah, you know, we'd love to represent Birmingham. Mm -hmm. So between us, we organised this great event, brought in a like, kind of team of friends and family around us, you know, to come and help us alongside that. So obviously Dee Kelly now, who I work with, she's like my co-director. The two of us were like from the start and you know so we, we we put together we decided initially it was supposed to be a march and it was a march yeah. kind of you know to, to protest yeah but in all fairness for me i wasn't really sure of how effective that would be i've mm. seen so many marches i'm not really sure about you know kind of the value of them yeah. if, so to speak yeah for me that's not my passion putting a message across that's right protesting. yeah it's... for me i wanted to integrate and involve the young people yeah and by doing a march i didn't envision many young people coming to join us on that not in a peaceful way I exactly imagine yeah it i imagine it being like kind of just more adults you know and people that have been affected yeah. which you know there's definitely a place for that yeah. don't get me wrong i'm not saying there isn't but that for me wasn't you know in my heart that wasn't my passion i wanted yeah. something a little bit different so we set up our first event in Victoria Square, I said, 12th of October. Mm -hmm. We decided to have a staged event where we invited young people from across the city to come and join us, like dancers, mm -hmm. singers, grime artists, um, comedians, you know, everybody, spoken word, poetry. Mm -hmm. But alongside that, we kind of incorporated people with you know a high level of lived experience yeah. a good friend of mine um, who's actually Manchester based Daryl Laycock he's got personal lived experience and has been shot many times has been involved in serious high level gang violence and you know he agreed to come and speak to the crowd which was phenomenal another good friend family you know consider them family because they really are you know they, they're amazing people they do so much Dale Sheridan as well um Augusta Stewart I had a lot of people that were like ready to support the movement which was fabulous yeah. and they came and they spoke and shared their experiences trying to like just tell the young people really look you know this isn't it's not the life yeah. yeah you know it's all well and good watching the insta insta fame you know you know they're 
thrown out yeah. the money listening and etc etc listening yeah, to the drill yeah, music yeah. and thinking it's all really cool but that's not the reality yeah. do you think that a lot of the MCs because I always say drill music uh-huh. and I think a lot of young people listen to these MCs and they're talking about you know I've got all this money I've got this yeah, yeah, do you yeah. think the platform that they've got they could maybe use it a lot more efficiently yeah I don't, without a doubt I mean don't get me wrong you know I don't fit the stereotypes believe me I don't but I actually <laughs> love grind music yeah. and I love drill beats yeah. I don't necessarily say I love drill music because I don't like the message it promotes yeah. but I I do love drill beats. I do see that there is a place for it. Mm. And I mean, I remember watching a kind of documentary Crepton Conan did, and Crepton was talking about, you know, if you take that away from young people, then what are they left with? Because drill yeah. music is about their life. It is, so of course, some of yeah. them, don't get me wrong, not all of them are like active on that high level yeah. that they're rapping and chatting about. You know, half of them haven't got a clue. Yeah. But some of them, that is their life. Well, that's their lived his, reality. He'd done his story about where his stepdad got shot. Exactly. In there, and that was one that's of where songs. his came from. It's yeah. his lived experience. Do you know what I mean? It's his yeah. lived experience. And that's where their passion for music comes from. And a lot of our young people that are, you know, in the city and across the country use music as a release. Yeah. Many people say that, you know, boys don't talk, men don't talk. Have you ever listened to drill music? Have you ever listened to buy music? Because you believe me, I tell you, they will tell you everything you need to know if you're listening. But people don't listen. So what about with girls, so to speak? You know, that's the lads outlet. Have you found many young girls have come to you and like that are involved actively in gang lifestyle? Um, girls kind of tend to have a little bit of a different role really in terms of like, you know, don't get me wrong, I mean there's girls out there that are active in terms of the violent side of things, but equally girls also have many different roles within a gang circle or within a youth violence circle, you know, which are again more stereotypical, it could be like considered to be the honey trap or, you know, the girl that's the the baby mother or the, you know, the wifey, the one that holds things, the one that looks after things, you know, they kind of have a a slightly different role. And they maybe don't know that they're actually actively involved in gangs. Absolutely, absolutely. And in in all fairness, I mean, you know, a good friend of mine who would be great for you to interview actually, Ezekiel King, who I've worked with, He's, you know, served some, obviously served a lot of time he in prison. Talk, didn't he he did, event, he yeah. did a County yeah. Lines presentation because he was involved heavily in County Lines mm-hmm. um, and spent, you know, a, a substantial length of time in prison as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually like Coventry gang based, but Ezekiel made me think, even as a, a big woman growing yeah. up, you know, in Handsworth and living in Handsworth and seeing certain things and mm-hmm. being involved in certain things, listening to him, I was like, wow. Never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, the story that he, he told, was talking was about the manipulation of yeah. women, and I was always like, "Wow, that wasn't me. I wasn't <laughs> manipulated like yeah. that." But when he started laying it out, I was like, "Wow, I never looked at it like that." You know, I never thought of certain things. So sometimes coming from a man's perspective, how a woman might it. see it, how a man might see it, it's two different stories. Of course. And he's written a book, and in that book, you know, it's harsh the way that he talks about. How women are portrayed within that circle is actually very eye-opening. And you, you wouldn't know yourself, I no, say, you know, no. Even being involved as a woman in those circles, you wouldn't know that that's yeah. necessarily. Do you know what I mean? And it's quite an, an ego thing for women, isn't it? Like, yeah, like, yeah like, absolutely, like, absolutely. Of course it is. You know what I mean? Being able to go into a place where people stand up at your presence because of who you're with. Yeah, yeah. You know that is a massive power boost. You just it's don't a massive realize you are being, being, being exactly, exactly for whatever reason. Yeah. So do you find um, going? Back to the events, they mm. are effective because you know the the youth violence is on the increase at the moment. Absolutely. So do you find they are they are effective? You are getting a lot of good response from the youth. Absolutely, definitely. I mean, I think I think it's because it's different. Yeah. You know, there's some great organisations out there doing some great things yeah. across the city and across the country. You know, I speak to so many that are really working hard, doing brilliant things. Mm. But I think 
ours is a little bit different because what we provide is a positive platform for youth to come and excel yeah. and to showcase themselves. Young people, you know, are kind of very narcissistic, if you like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they like yeah. to show off. They yeah. like to say, look at me, you know, Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and all the rest yeah. of it. Is, brought us into a society where people like to be liked yeah, they like to feel wanted they like to feel needed they like to feel popular so our events kind of give young people that opportunity to come and showcase yeah. to come and show their skills and there are so many talented young people out there it's phenomenal yeah I mean I've seen uh, the dance show as we'll show oh, half amazing the, the da- and the amount of people that was in that hall I mean amazing. I just gave me goosebumps in there I thought yeah. wow so if you should be very very proud yeah. the amount of people the amount of young people and you could see they all just wanted to show up and everyone I was just having a great time yeah, that was the crazy part about it and I think that's why it's also so effective the last two events we've done at the Lighthouse Centre obviously yeah. you know and Jadil that's the manager there you know he's fabulous he's accommodated us give us the opportunity to use the full um, kind of space there yeah. I mean there's a music studio there's a dance studio there's a sports hall there's the open there's like pool tables there's computer rooms everything you could yeah. want within a youth environment and he's given us free reign of that to work alongside us and say you know bring people in let's do it yeah. so we've had two fabulous events and each time the crowds are getting bigger and bigger, bigger yeah. I mean the last event you know we kind of had estimated numbers of about six to seven hundred young people in that space and it was it was phenomenal there was no trouble at all. You know, normally it'd be stereotyped to put a lot of young people in, a, in, in one sort of exactly. contained environment. It's going to kick off. It was beautiful. And, and, and so many people after said to me, I was so kind of like you just said, that goosebump feeling. That yeah. I was looking around watching the young people smile. Mm. Just having fun. Yeah. Young people can't do that now. They're not given that opportunity to do so that. So do you think if there was more places like the lighthouse around, it would it would decrease the youth violence? Potentially, yes, but they have to be manned properly. I mean, all of our events, we have security. Yeah. And that's not because, you know, we're trying to impose authority over anybody yeah. we want people to feel safe in our environment yeah. so our events we have security metal and they, detectors and they stuff have as well, metal detectors they, yeah, they have yeah. wands on the door but what that gives the people when they're inside is freedom those young people coming to that establishment knowing yeah. they are safe yeah. no, no matter who they see there, no because no there's people in there yeah. you know there's young people from the city from certain this. areas yeah. of course and they come in and you know you know a little bit about who's who in the areas etc etc but they mm. come in and they come in with manners and respect and they just enjoy their peaceful time in there. Mm. And, and that's I, what you want to do, exactly, give them a safe space exactly. where they can express themselves. And I think themselves. the young people, knowing that everyone has been searched, puts yeah. you at ease. I mean, you yeah. wouldn't want to be in an environment if you know that everyone's just rocked in off the street, yeah. especially in this day and age. Yeah, it's defeating the old point of what your events exactly, are for and what your exactly. events stand for. Whereas, you know, having that added security, the young people can come in and feel free to know they can just come in, they can enjoy themselves, they can laugh, they can chat, you know, they can build friendships, they can network amongst each and other. And inspires them, so to speak, I guess, while they leave there thinking, I actually want to do something now, I want to go and join a dance Some group. Some of the or... feedback has, has been amazing. Or you even left there amazing. thinking, I want to do something, yeah. I want to go and be a dancer. Let's do it, sorry. Let's go with street dancers. <laughs> I was thinking, like, I want to get up there. Like, oh, honestly, I mean, the, the, I mean, the street dancers we had there, I mean, one of like um, BDK, yeah. um, Tyrese, I'm not sure if you recognise him, he'd stand out, he, he always wears his like fisherman's hat, he's amazing. Yeah, he's he had the amazing. Strap, that's and right, that's all right. The girls that yeah, that's that right. Part. He's a lovely, lovely young trust. man. He went to school with my daughter, so I know him well. You know, he's been to my house and stuff like long years ago, yeah. and now we've kind of remessed through the dancing. He's an amazing young man, and that whole team, BDK, they're fabulous. They are amazing dancers. 
But the events become so popular. The other group that came actually came all the way from London. Oh wow! They, it was it, they're called the New Cipher Generation group, and they came all the way from London to come and dance and join us to do a dance cipher. Wow! Because those spaces are just not available. Not, no, they're not. We had obviously Martian dance group. We had Steps Eight dance crew, and we had loads of like you know just young individual people that felt safe enough. I'm confident enough to get up there in front of all those hundreds of young yeah. people and do their thing. And it's giving them confidence absolutely. as well when doing that. So your next event is called the Peace Party. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about that. So though. the event on um, the 21st of March, we're working actually in collaboration with uh, Rico Fogarty that runs Voice Against Crime. Yeah. Rico's done some amazing work across the city for a long time. He's been out there kind of, you know, working with young people and particularly families of those that have been directly affected yeah. by serious youth violence. Um, so he's kind of put this event together and asked would we come alongside and collaborate with him to support the event and you know absolutely uh, anything in the city that's positive for young people I'm all about and it's not the lighthouse anymore is it? no this one's going to be at Zara's on Board Street and the reason Rico's done that is because um, he kind of as I say works probably a little bit deeper in the circles and he's very aware of some of the you know very serious situations that are actually you know taking place within the city Mm. and you know certain areas young people can't go and won't go and that you know includes South Birmingham, North Birmingham, all over the city really so So we've made it neutral, we've made it neutral and in the summer that is something we want to look at again as well. He's doing another, you know, possibly another event city, yeah, know, sort of city centred again. Is it Lizelle? It's Castor Zaster. As you say, there's some people from other postcodes that might not want to travel there. The lighthouse is situated right on the postcode barrier because you've got <laughs> yeah. B21, which is Hansworth. Yeah. You've got B19, which is Newtown. You've got B6, which is Aston. You've got Lizelle's, you've got Witten, you've got Perry Bar. So it's situated right on you know that six ways island yeah. where there is all the different postcodes and i said what amazed me is young people came from all over the city i mean i had young people that had contacted me they'd come from bartley green they'd come from quinton they'd come from northfield there was a lot of young people there, there as so well. many young people <laughs> and i was just blown away that they'd all embraced and, and forgot about all that you know mm. And obviously, for some young people, that's easy to do. They don't yeah. have to worry about, particularly worry about postcodes and things. But other young people that are caught in those circles on a deeper mm. level, you know, that's a very serious thing. It is, yeah. They are living a very serious life where, you know, they do have to be very careful. Of course. And that's sad that there's young people in our city that are fearful, you know, mm. for whatever reason, whether it's their choices, something they've done, you know, that, that to me is irrelevant. Yeah. It's just, I find it just saddening that there are young people out there that are fearful for yeah, whatever course. reason that is. And it's, speaking on that fear, um, a friend of mine once recently said, young people carry knives, sometimes protect themselves, mm-hmm. not necessarily to go out and stab somebody. Mm-hmm. Do you think that is a true statement or do you think it's... I think it's true in the belief of the person carrying the knife. Because if they're fearing for their lives, but I was like, you know, if you fear for your life, what would you carry a knife? I mean, a young man who I've worked with quite recently, and he was stabbed, so mm. he got a knife and went out and stabbed someone else. You know, in a retaliation. It's like the abuse becomes yeah, the abuse. Exactly. So and yeah. now he carries a knife and he carries that for protection. But what young people fail to realise that, as I say, in in their eyes, they're carrying it for protection, yeah. but they're actually leaving themselves at a much greater risk of being hurt. Yeah. Because fifty one percent of people attacked with a knife are attacked with their own knife. Oh wow. Do you know what I mean? It's a high percentage. Yeah. And equally as well, once you pick up a knife and you take that knife out with you, you are no longer a victim. You become a perpetrator because you're 
committing an offence, yeah. you're carrying an illegal weapon, you're carrying yeah. an, you know, an offensive weapon, so you're no longer a victim. You equally, in the eyes of the law, become a perpetrator, just like the person that attacked you or stabbed you. Of course, yeah. And each no two wrongs don't make a right. Exactly. Sadly, you know that that's the way of the law. That's the yeah. way it is. I'm not saying I agree with that. I don't agree with that. But that's the way it is. That's a fact. It's like the streets have their own laws, don't well, they? Exactly. And if you take up a knife and carry it out of the house with you, obviously you have the intention of using that knife if you need to. Yeah. So therefore, you're not a victim Same anymore. With a gun. If you've got a gun, more. If you've got a gun. Well, that's what I mean. You're, you're not going to carry a knife it. unless you have an intention yeah. of using it. So therefore, you're no longer a victim. You're a perpetrator. Do you think it can be stopped? Do you think like the increase in knife crime? I mean, I can't believe I can't believe how much it it's blew up. I really can't. Like it's every day you're seeing a young person, like people as young as 15, Mm. carrying knives and stabbing people. Do Mm. you think that at any point it can even be limited? 15 is is old. No. It's old. I mean, we've been contacted by a school in the local area of the city. You know, that has had a nine-year-old bring a knife into a school. Nine-year-old. A nine-year-old bringing a knife into I mean, school. Wow, my niece is eleven. I couldn't imagine her. That's I what I mean, exactly. It. And that is the reality we're facing now. And the problem is, what? Well, there's too many problems. Yeah, you know, we could yeah, sit here till next yeah, week discussing yeah. the problems. You know, we could start right at the top with the government. Yeah. I don't personally think the government are active at all in trying to combat knife crime. Well, they're not, you know, look how much funding they've took away from the closed youth centres. It's all contradictory in terms. They yeah. took everything away and now they're drip-feeding it back and, and trying to make out like they're doing us a favour. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, we, we've taken X amount of police off the street, now we're putting them back. Police are not the answer. Yeah, no, they're not. Because, you know, I'm, I've, I've got respect for the law, always have had respect for the law. You know, there are some amazing officers out there doing a good job, but equally there's some, some officers that are not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's a fact, yeah. you know, and that's just a, that's a fact in every yeah. every organization people do well people don't some yeah. people don't have that emotional intelligence that's necessary to deal with certain characters of course and you know that that's just the way it is and even with stop and search like i think it's very racially profiled it was in the lammy review before saying mm. that it's like eight eight out of like 10 young people that are stop and searched are black people mm. they are you know they are black youths that mm. are stop and searched and yeah. police aren't doing the job because it's Everybody can carry a knife. It can be you know, a oh, female, a 20-year-old female. Well, you know, and they're I mean, not doing the job being involved in this, I'll be honest, you know, my eyes have opened wide open to the areas of the city and outside the city they're most affected. And you see, it used to be, and it still is, the stereotype still lies on Hansworth, Aston, Newtown, well, Lazarus. No, 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 no. You take yourself to Bartley Green, to Quinton, yeah. to King's Heath, yeah. to Northfield, to Rubery, to Franklin. Yeah. You'll see a whole different side of it. Yeah, I mean, Northfield, you know I mean? This is what well. I mean. But you see, those areas might not be predominantly black. They're not. They're predominantly white. But yeah, yeah nobody seems to consider them as being, you know... Fueled with youth violence yeah. or youth carrying knives. It's sort of racially profiled. It is racially which profiled, which is our area of the city. I've lived in Hansworth for like over 25 years. I love Hansworth. I can put my hand on my heart and say I do love Hansworth. Yeah. I've lived there for it's a long time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think there's areas of the city, but equally that wouldn't mean I say, oh, I don't like Aston because I, you know, I've got so many friends in Aston. Yeah. I just love my part of the city. That's yeah. where I'm from. You know, I've always had the freedom. Luckily, you know, I've, I've never been involved in those circles to so not have that freedom to move around those areas of the city. Yeah. I love that part of the city. You know, I think there's some phenomenal young people there. I hate the way it's stereotyped. 
in the newspapers, something happens in South Birmingham, you don't hear about it. No, something happens in Sutton, Solihull, you don't hear and about it's in it. The headlines, the way they sort of used to. But I'll tell you what, well. now if it's Aston or Hansworth, it's all over the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's almost it's expected there. And it's like a headline would be, uh, for example, young black youth carries knife. But if yeah. it's a white person, it'd just be young youth, young, young yeah. youth carries knife. It's yeah. like they have to always rein in on the yeah. colour, which I don't, I don't seem to get. And I mean, I think as a whole. Our young people, full stop, regardless of colour, regardless of gender, regardless of religion, are marginalised. Yeah, Our young people yeah. are marginalised. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. But young black boys are even further marginalised, in my opinion. Racially institutionalised. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, institutional racism yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, they go to schools, going to workplaces. Yeah, yeah. It's very rough. Absolutely. And you're not going back to the police. Do you think maybe if they stop racially profiling and they just looked at everybody as equal, it may limit, it may limit the youth violence? I don't think it's possible. You don't think? I think it's a hypothetical question that you could never see as being a reality because stereotypes are, are inbred. There's something yeah. that you grow up with from a yeah. child. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? More often than not, if you've got stereotypes about something, when you go way back, you'll find out that that came back from way back yeah. with you. So it's not something you've picked from, up. Yeah, yeah. and it doesn't necessarily mean it's come from your family. It's yeah. come from the media. It's come from music. It's come from the TV. It's come from, you know, any kind of... Subconscious, yeah, yeah, it's subconscious, absolutely subconscious. It really is, and I mean, you know, there's been lots of studies about it. I attended um, a study done at the Birmingham University, and it was called the Black Doll Test, and it was run by part of a thesis piece of work. And you know, they interviewed young black children and asked them, you know, to choose a doll, black or white. Which one do you think is pretty? Which one do you think is ugly? Which one do you think is naughty? Which one would the teachers like? Etc. Etc. And it was saddening, the results to see, that low self-image. And I blame, you know, so many different areas for that. Yeah. But, you know, you have to look at our system as a whole, at the stereotyping that takes place. Yeah. And again, as I say, it, I, I just don't see how you could ever tackle that because we're coming from such a long history of it. Yeah, and it goes so where do you start? Well, but it still it, happens history, now. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, do you, when you, you're in school, I'm a school teacher. You know what I mean? Yeah. When do you when do you do when do you learn about famous black people or when do you learn about famous Asian people? When do you learn yeah. about you know Eastern yeah. Asian? You, you don't. You yeah. know you learn about the Romans. You learn about the Vikings, the Anglo Saxons, well, the know, Tudors. Yeah. You know it's it's all modern. And, they don't and you, teach us about how Britain, Britain went and colonised yeah, exactly. countries. No, and, no, no, no. They talk about British, Britain as the amazing empire. Yeah. Which, yeah, it was a powerful empire, but was it a powerful empire for the right reasons? No, no it wasn't. Because they looted everybody else, exactly, didn't they? They took I mean, everything away so, from everybody else. But that's, you know, just a whole different entire <laughs> issue, you know. It is a massive, massive issue. I'm not qualified to speak on it, yeah. um, you know. I, I just can only go on my own experiences and what I see and the, the the young people that I work with and speak to and what they tell me. And do you have any success stories with young people that, as say, have come from a really bad upbringing, you know, they've been involved in violence and they've actually turned off around? Yeah, loads. Loads and loads. I mean, most of the young people that I work with now come from that same environment, yeah. of, you know, have been involved. I mean, we had an amazing young speaker at our last event, um, Daniel Barzi. He's kind of been in yeah. the news and things and stuff. And Daniel was very active, like gang involvement in the Ladywood area. He's been shot, he's shot, he's been stabbed, he's stabbed, you know what I mean? He's, he's been very, very active. Mm -hmm. um, and he's a young man, he's still a young man, 23, 24 years old. He's turned his life around and now has his own clothing company. And he's now out there, you know, trying oh, to wow. teach young people. And, you know, we were so thankful to have him at our event. And yeah. he stood there so open 
Yeah. You know, people judge. Remember his speech. People yes. judge, you know, yeah. but he was happy to stand there and let those that wanted to judge judge and those that yeah. wanted to listen listen. Yeah, I remember because the woman on the mic was like, he's speaking. Yeah, can everybody please be quiet? Yeah, Because yeah. yeah. you could see he was very shy. Well, yeah, yeah. He, he was, was nervous. It's the yeah. first time he's ever done a big speech like that. And obviously, I've, you know, been speaking to him for a few months and said to him, you know, I'd love you to come, come and share your story. You've got yeah. so much lived experience to share. And to be honest, that's the thing about Birmingham Says No. Birmingham Says No is all about working with people with lived experience. Yeah. I don't want to show you a pretty PowerPoint, you know, that's been <laughs> gathered from Google because I don't see the relevance. Mm. But listening to someone like Daniel, who's been in prison, listening to someone like Daniel, who's, who's, who's witnessed his best friends being shot and killed in front of him, you know, he can tell you things that I can't yeah. tell you. Yeah. And no PowerPoint and certainly can't person, tell you. If I was a young person and someone said that, I'd think about changing That's what I mean, exactly. Old. So all of the people that we do work with are people of lived experience, you know, and, and they come and they share their story openly and are just, you know, so thankful to them that they can do that and that they're willing to do that, yeah. you know, and come and just share their stories with us. Yeah, I think one of the things that I find that's quite saddening as well is older people are grooming younger children now, aren't they, as well, mm. for County Lawrence. I mean, I worked in um, a support, a semi-supported living for young people and it was it was just rife, you know, really? they're just being groomed and they're, they're going wow. for people in care homes. Oh, yeah, so it's kind vulnerable. Of like, yeah, vulnerable, so it's kind of it? like, we're trying to yeah. help the youth, but there's adults out there that are grooming oh, young people. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, that, yeah. It's, it's a glamorous lifestyle, so, isn't it, so yeah. to speak? And yeah. how just well, like, it's sold as a glamorous lifestyle. It's sold as a glamorous lifestyle. It certainly yeah. isn't a glamorous it's, yeah. lifestyle. It's sold as one, yeah. So it's like, how then would you tackle that if the, you know, they're being groomed by young people and apparently older people, sorry, um, and there was uh, there was a, a sign up saying what they'd do is they'd get them to cut the hands like as an initiation process, mm. and they'd say if you was to do anything that's going to be your throat basically. Yeah. So it's kind of like how would you be able to change a young person that he's got the fear of an older person threatening to kill him? That's even if he wants to change his you life. Know, it's a, it's a, it's a massive massive forum, and as I say, I'm far from an expert. It, it, it's so big, it's mm. so vast. The problem is so vast. I mean. I worked with a young man that had been involved in County Lines. He came from Solihull, young, white male, well-educated, yeah, you know, lived at home with mum, dad, yeah. you know, family, everything, oh, wow. got a lovely car, had been treated like gold. Had everything. Was, like, everything you could want as a young person, was at college, doing his, like, computer science, did, you know, ready to go to university, etc. Then he became involved with, you know, a group from slightly outside of the area. Yeah for whatever reason, decided to get involved in that. I mean, his, his you know, comment is money motivated. It was quick money that he yeah. was offered. But if it comes from money, it's kind of like what... You know, a lot of the time when people do... This is it, isn't it? Because they've got nothing, exactly, they've got exactly nothing. and you can kind of understand that more. But yeah. I suppose, again, we live in a society where people are judged by how much materialist, you know, materials, things they have. Yeah. So he wanted more for whatever reason, you know. Got involved and found himself being stabbed and almost killed. Oh, he wow. went out on a, a drug run, you know, I don't know full details, the situation occurred, he was told to hand over his car, he didn't, so the person stabbed him twice and left him for dead. Oh wow, and he comes from, as you said, nuclear family, a normal yeah, background. Absolutely, so yeah, definitely. So again, that's where those stereotypes are so wrong. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it isn't, it's, it's not just the stereotypes you know, when we you think, think of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. When you, think, when you say to someone what's a gang, they automatically go to that stereotype. Yeah, they don't absolutely. think of a young, you know, a young white lad no. that comes from a nuclear, no. middle-class family from Solid. Definitely. You'd never think of that. And another, I mean, I posted a story last week uh, that a mother had shared and her son had been involved in it as well. You know, no kind of details as how he'd been yeah. involved or what, you know, what his involvement was. But... He would be, you know, the situation had gone wrong. 
and he had been luckily rescued by the police. You know, they, they'd threatened to kill him and were kind of discussing in front of him where they were going to bury him, etc., etc. And when the police actually got there and rescued him, and it was a rescue, his hands had been seriously burnt with sugar and boiling water. So he's scolded for life now. His left hand is so seriously disabled that he won't ever have the full use of that left hand again. You know, so these are the pictures. It all seems pretty on the outside, yeah. you know, this flashing the money and all that, but yeah. it's it, it's not a pretty it's picture. That. And it's got to end somewhere. Look, you could start selling drugs from a young age and yeah. you can make loads of money yeah, and get older. But then when you get 30 and you've got all that dirty money, you're not going to be able to get a mortgage or... Exactly, well, well exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's dirty money, you can't do anything with it. And the thing is, you know, the, 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 the truth of the reality is... I'm not here to judge anybody. Some people do it. Some people, people have made, you know, yeah, a substantial yeah, living yeah. off it. They're living yeah. well from it. Well, yeah. that's their profit. That's one in how many people exactly. That actually do. But, you know, is the reality like that for all young people that want to get involved in it? No, it isn't, sadly, mm. because they start as foot soldiers, and foot yeah. soldiers are expected to do an awful lot of things in order to earn that money. Just for a pair of trainers. That's what I mean. Like exactly. Just for a pair of trainers. That's what I mean. So, you know, it's a very, very scary situation for young people out there that are kind of you know involved in that and although there's like many contributing factors it's hard to say what the actual reason is behind it but what would you say is is it music is it the government is it family upbringing i know it, it can be a contribution of yeah. many things but it just seems to have gone so so extreme now it does it, it definitely has the levels of risen yeah, so much yeah um, I mean, for we're me, not the one of the city yeah, that, yeah. that's you know for knife Absolutely. Crime. For me, one of the largest influences is, is social media. Yeah. I think that's what's changed so much in the last kind of you know five, six, ten years. Yeah. That for me is the most significant change in the generation. Oh, I never thought of that. I think you know, music, family. Yeah, I never well, actually think social you know, media. Yeah. Music comes through social, social media. media. Yeah, of course. Family yeah. breakdowns come through social media. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. A lot of breakdowns take place now because of that access to so many other people. Yeah, relationships even. There you go. Exactly. It? So situations with young people become involved with very very easily and very very quickly mm. you know people are out there preying on those platforms enticing young people with all kind of different you know frills and fancies mm. as i said we've got this narcissistic society that want to be out there showing themselves so they're putting things out there all the time you know and young people as i say a lot of them are very naive they don't actually recognize half of the time what they're doing yeah. I see so many pictures of like young people in their school uniforms throwing up hand signs you know and like, mm, one thing you think you actually know what gang you're like they're affiliated with you know you're affiliated with the Crips that's very <laughs> American do you know what I mean <laughs> you're not the, you're not affiliated with the Bloods yeah, the, unfortunately they, they you know. don't even know they don't they know no, it's, it's like Snoop Dogg's exactly, kind of yeah, exactly. that's what I mean and they're like you know a lot of the young people the younger kind of you know sorts mm. of school age are very naive to the reality of it. They're, they're, they're buying into the glamorisation of it and that glamorisation comes through social media. You know, what do they see on all these platforms? What's being they shared watch, on all the, these the trainers, yeah, exactly, of course. I mean, exactly. you're looking at rappers now, like, you know, you most stack and people like that. They are on social media in the Balenciagas yeah, and they just course. think, oh, I want that. Yeah, but they've had to go through a long, yeah, a long well, that's the thing that they don't recognise you. You know, people don't come on social media and say, oh, wow, look at me, I've got the, you know, these great trainers, but, yeah. you know, I had to... Do X, Y, and no Z one to shows get the bad it. Side, do exactly. That. Yeah, they just they show the glamorization side of it, and that's the thing. But obviously, with social media as well, there's that ability to spread things so quickly. You know, I can yeah. contact you, can contact him, can contact her. And the things going viral as well. Just like that, within seconds, within mm. seconds, you know, we could spread something across the country within like you know, literally a few minutes. 
it's it's all over yeah. the place. I've seen like videos, you know, you see like young people videoing while their friends are getting like, you know, battling that's someone what I mean, else. Exactly. Then they don't realise once that goes viral, everybody's mm -hmm, going mad, like, oh mm -hmm, my god, that you know, mm -hmm. that's wrong. And they actually realise then, wow, I'm not actually that good. I mean I'm, I'm not actually that hard. And that's another naivety as well. You know, absolutely it frightens me for for young people yeah. because of what they don't realise as well is how that can be used against them in a court of law. Yeah. I mean, they are now using social media as a platform for prosecution. They're like grassing on themselves. They are. Oh, they're dry snitching. They're dry that's snitching. what they're doing. They're dry called. snitching. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they are there showing off, saying, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, I've done that. You know, or they're even, even in their drill music, even in their, you know, they're, they're, they're chatting out the money, they're, what the they're doing and what they're carrying and what they've got. Listen, it's a self-confession. You know, you, exactly. You might as well just set yourself down in the police station, <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah. and said all that because that's what they're doing. And they don't realise And the it. thing is, you know, all of this is now being... The courts have clicked onto this, obviously the police have clicked onto that and it's actually being used to prosecute people. Yeah, I've seen, oh, yeah, I've seen a few cases where the mm. police have just pulled the video. And yeah, like, they've well, used their own the music video. video and they're there, you know, talking about, yeah, you know, I've just done this with a man, I've just done that with a man, I've just done that to a man, you know, I've just done this to so-and-so and the next thing you know, they're stood up in court being prosecuted. Have you played the out to them? Done. Done. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. And that's the thing, you know, young people don't realise there's also that serious legal implication of guilty by association. Yeah, you know, joint enterprise, isn't it? Exactly. If yeah. I'm sitting down with you and you're talking about you're going to do X, Y, Z to a person, I don't have to even be there. The fact that I heard yeah. you say it and yeah. I didn't act on that makes me guilty. It means I can actually get prosecuted. You don't have to be doing bad. You can know bad's being done. I can end up going it. to prison for the same time that you get... You know, on the basis, let's say, you know, you go out and murder somebody, but you told me you were going to do it and I did nothing about it. I can actually be sentenced to the same full length of time that you get. And I don't even know that. Don't even know that. So when they're like, you know, in group chats and they're talking about, yeah, we'll do this, we'll do that, do, do, do. whatever high level, low level it is, that's all evidence. And anyone in that group listening to that is leaving themselves wide open to it, do you yeah. know what I mean? So Do you think sometimes with a few young people they have to have that harsh lesson? It's a case of that's what might then will some of them change. Yeah, going into prison and you know, going some and people, seeing what it's like. Some in prison. people do need a hard lesson, some people need a hard lesson. Because prison's not a nice place, it's even secure units and things like that. Yeah, They're not absolutely. nice places to go. No, and I mean again that's something that's, you know, very much glamorised and you know, you, you see kind of clips that have been leaked out on Snapchat and Instagram, people that are in prison, you know, and they're showing their styles like they're living life, like living their best life. Yeah, three meals a day, three gyms, three You know what I mean, at the end of the day, 22, 23 hours in a cell is not living your yeah, best four life. Four now, you know, <laughs> you and your mate, listening to your mate having to go to the toilet, and that, that's not living <laughs> your best life, I'm sorry. No, it's not. And, you know, listening to people like Daniel, for example, listening to people like Ezekiel, listening to people like Daryl, like Augustus, mm. like Dale, like so many others that we work with, Talking about, well, actually, prison really is not like that. That John done a talk, didn't he, as well? And he's now got yeah. an app, hasn't he, called yeah. Inside Connections, yeah. which sort of helps family and young people. That's right, I mean, yeah. his story was really good. I went back and Googled it after, and it was in the paper. Yeah, yeah. And he was someone like that, because he's yeah. got a really strong presence, and, you know... Very he, strong he had, presence. Yeah, he had, like, his pride train as well, and he had his, like, losing yeah. time, but he yeah. had a very, And I think young people are looking like, all right, then. Yeah, it's very cool, But yeah. then they might listen to him in exactly. that sense as well. But he was actually, I think, arrested for one of the biggest drug busts ever in the UK, in terms of county lines. And, he, you know, he served his sentence for being involved with that as well. But now he's out there educating other people. And that's a grown man. That's what yeah, he's charge. And he's done it all his life. And, and a lot of the people out there now working with the youngsters are grown people. Mm. That's what I think makes people like Daniel so special. Yeah. Because Daniel's not grown. He's he's a young man How in his early twenties. He's twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. No, he's he's in his early twenties. Mm. And the fact that he's already 
turned his life around. But he started from such a young age, such a young, tender age, as a young child, yeah. out on the street selling drugs. Do you know what I mean? Out on the street being involved in violence. The fact that he's turned his life around, I think is just so refreshing to young people to say, well, actually, you know, you can do that. Yeah. And we try and, like, use every avenue we can to give young people opportunities. I mean, you know, with the help of organisations like The Lighthouse, yeah. BDK now, you know, have free studio time anytime they want to go into a professional dance studio See, and dance to their heart's consent, content. These things you know, are promoted and no, that's what no, really they, they don't pay for it, you know, they go in anytime they want, they dance in there, they, you know, use that as a safe place where they can go out of the cold, out of the rain, off the city streets. You know, so I wouldn't even have known it was free. That's what it's not free. Yeah. It, was, it was something that you know Birmingham says no organised for uh, them. Yeah. So you know they they came to us and we've worked with them. They they've helped us. They've been to our competitions. They've supported. They've shared. So in return, you know, we do what we can to help yeah. young people back. And it was the whole day was just good vibes. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. there was a DJ playing the food. That food was beautiful. Yeah, yeah DJ RJ is classic. Yeah, <laughs> and I just sat there, just thought I was on my own. Everyone kept coming up to me, going, "You look learning I'm like, no, I'm alright. <laughs> you were just sat there, just time. Forward, what do you hope to see for the future for Birmingham size and young people? Obviously, just continuing to raise the profile, you know, is kind of our main initiative. We've got so many things planned, we've got three projects coming up shortly. We're mm. going to be doing working with the um, young bike life crew in the city. There's a lot of young bikers across the city, across the country. It's a massive, massive movement yeah. that provoke, like promote um, Knives Down Bikes Up, yeah. you know, and they get together and they go on their ride out. It's again another group that's massively stereotyped yeah. as who hooligans, troublemakers, etc. Don't get me wrong, there's lovable rogues amongst them, there's yeah. lovable rogues amongst the Everybody, best of us, yeah, do you know what I mean? Course, yeah. I've never been no angel, I'm not going to claim my hat. I was having a, um, I was having a chat with Nathaniel actually, I was mm. having a coffee with him and we were talking about bike life and this woman like, just stopped and she's like, I didn't mean to ever like, like, be rude and listen mm. in. Um, she was saying, but her nephew died of cancer mm. and she said that bike life raised so much money, I think they got, yeah. was it AJ Tracy? Yeah, they got yeah, AJ really? Tracy wow. um, They got signed things, they just, it was really massive and I was Amazing. like, wow, and she was crying as she told me. Amazing. And she's like, I'm sick of them being stereotyped. Yeah. She's like, you know, okay, they, they can ride in the roads and they can annoy people. Yeah, but what else do you expect them to do? Well, this is what I mean. What do you expect <laughs> young boys to, to do, do on a Saturday afternoon when they've got nowhere to go? Yeah. They, do you know what I mean? What do you want them to do? They want to ride their bikes. Where, where are you giving them to ride their bikes? Right, yeah, yeah. Nowhere. So, okay, then we'll ride on the road. And it's called a rebellious. Like, I've got the rebellious streak. If I'm not to do something, I'm going to want to go and do it. It's exactly a rebellion. But the motto of those young people is is knives down. So for me, you know what? The fact that you're riding in the road, I can work with that. Yeah. The yeah. fact that occasionally, yeah. you know, you might swear at someone because they're, you know, being rude to you. I can work yeah. with that. That's fine. Put the knives up. People would start. Thank you. Mad can them, you imagine yeah. these hundreds of thousands of young people across the country that actually turn to their bikes, yeah. carrying knives yeah. instead? Bike, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Is that what people want? Would you yeah. rather them be out carrying a knife and robbing people's handbags? So they can't win. Can't win, and again, it's a problem with you know our young boys and our young girls, but our young people being marginalised. Yeah. They're marginalised in society just in so many different ways. Stereotypes just as being naughty young people. And I mean, some of you know some of the bike life people that we've worked with are just phenomenal. Some of the young people. I mean, one of them um, lives in Codsall, just outside Wolverhampton. He mm. was robbed at gunpoint a few weeks back. He had his bike robbed. Yeah, his bike stolen at gunpoint. At gunpoint for a bike. And we set up a, a GoFundMe and just so happy we've been waiting for collective bikes to get the C-Pro C-Pro 100 back in star 800 pounds wow. so we've just purchased his new C-Pro 100 845 pounds so we're like absolutely buzzing he's absolutely buzzing and that's not even necessarily bumping that's just you as a person isn't it yeah. that's just, that's just yeah. chose to go out 
and just help yeah, somebody yeah, help definitely. you in person. I just, like, the reason is I've been working with that young boy for like you know a number of months, yeah. and we've just been liaising, and you know he shared things with me, and he's told me, you know, he's he's, he's had it difficult himself. He mm. hasn't been into full time education. He just needed someone like him. Eleven, do you know what I mean? He's had he's got you know found behaviour difficult in school mm. and etc etc. But on the whole, he's a lovely, lovely young man. He just needs somebody, man. yeah. Yeah, and, and when that happened to him, I just felt heartbroken. So my heart instinct was just, you know, see what we can do. Can and we help kind of him? And he's kind of he hasn't got the bike. He could just literally be like, what am I going to do now? I'm bored. Yeah. You know, the devil makes work for idle hands, Well, exactly, it, so. and this is the thing. And I mean, I have to say, in terms of that GoFundMe, I mean, we had a, a donation of £200 from Billionaire Targets or an amazing, like married couple that do young entrepreneur events oh, wow. and things and work with young entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, they donated £200, but the other £400 so significantly came from um, a very close friend of mine who lives down in London. Her son was murdered for his bike in Woolwich two years ago. That's um, just, Yeah, nice. he, was, he was 22 and he was stabbed to death and they, you know, for the boy, yeah, for his bike. Um, so when we put out the shout, his dad contacted me and he was like, you know, Rachel, I'd like to give you the other £400. That's outstanding. So I was like, wow, you know, Cliff, are you sure? And he was like, in Leo's name, I want him to ride and I want Leo to ride with him. And how old is Leo? 22, 22. So what we're doing now, as I was leading on to like future projects, one of our projects is to promote safety for um, the young bikers. Mm -hmm. So we're just awaiting funding at the moment to be confirmed. Um, once we've filled in all the kind of paper documents, we're going to set up a safety project where up to, you know, 100, 110 young bikers from across the city will be providing them with a free tracker and we'll be providing them with smart water pens to label their bikes with combination bike locks and we're having oh, some vinyl cool. stickers with LLL on and Birmingham says no, which is long live Leo. So Leo's spirit will ride oh. out with all those young people and hopefully keep them safe and protected across the city. And there is a riding. lot of bikers in there. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. lot. There's and a maybe lot. you doing that, it's an incentive for, say, someone that is caught up in the lifestyle. Yeah. Maybe they might think, you know what, I'm just going to go and buy a bike. I might yeah. try it. <laughs> might it try it. Fun, and and they life. do, they have a great time. You know, they really do have a great time. Um, and another project we're setting up, we want to try and do some postcode integration. Yeah. So again, we've got funding for a project which will be a three-day event. We want to kind of pick up young people from kind of the Bartley Green, Quinton side of the city, my own side of the city, sort of Hansworth, Aston area of the city, and then possibly Chelmsley Wood, Smithwood, you know, Bromford Estate, etc. Yeah. We have three groups of young people and we want to take them out on a three-day adventure thing so we're going to go for a day where we'll go like hiking or walking out uh, somewhere and like you know Dale who I mentioned yeah. earlier actually does that and he's a youth mentor so he'll come with us he's phenomenal he's breathtaking and that guy he's been in almost every single prison in the whole of the UK and that was his that was actually his goal that was his life goal <laughs> yeah that was his goal and, and he, he said you name it <laughs> and he said I actually lay there on my bed one day Rachel and I was like I've made it, man. I've made it. I've made it. I've done what I set out to do. He's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. He's a great guy, you know. And he does what? He just hikes and takes you. Yeah, work. he does. And he does a lot of youth work. And that in Manchester, you know, he's, he's amazing. Him and Daryl do a lot together. He's phenomenal. So hopefully we'll be working with him to take out some young people. We'll go out hiking as one part of the trip. Yeah. The second part, then, we want to 
go somewhere like, you know, possibly the Bear Grylls Adventure Centre at the yeah. NEC and do some like kind of team building, escape room activities, you know, kind of high ropes, etc. rock climbing. And then the third part will be kind of a conclusion day with bowling and pizza and, you know, just getting those young people together to realise actually it doesn't really matter where you live. Yeah. You know, half of you are repping a house you don't own anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Half of us are. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest, you know. Do you know what I mean? It's a council house. Exactly. <laughs> you know, well, the landlord owns it. I'm not repping some yeah. landlord house. <laughs> you know what I mean it's, yeah. it's about just bringing young people together and just showing them actually it doesn't really matter where you come from the fact is you're all young people you're all in the same situation here yeah. you're all marginalised all come together, you're all stereotyped yeah. Yeah. instead of fighting each other come together because yeah. trust me that will be one powerful force and there's force. More, more of us than there is of them one so powerful yeah. force if young people stop the nonsense just for a minute and realise how much power they have within themselves as a collective, as a collective mm. there's no government on this earth that wouldn't have to stop and listen yeah. do you know what I mean and I think that's what was amazing with what Stormzy was trying to rattle up before the elections yeah. you know I'm not yeah. saying Jeremy Corbyn was the right person to do it with but obviously you know the, the best the best of a bad bunch if you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> pick yeah. who you can yeah. but what Stormzy was doing was amazing trying to motivate those young people and bring them all together and say come on you know together we can do it and mm. i think with more time that you know and more kind of education realizing yeah. young people you, you should vote and why you should vote it would have been successful yeah. as well yeah and it's a shame it wasn't well, they I think said we've been looking at a different agenda now a lot more young people voted because they because what he set out to do you know some of the supporters he had obviously it was phenomenal it was amazing so it's really good yes yeah. that's another event and then the third one we're running which will hopefully be before the end of april is a young entrepreneurs event so we're going to set up you know kind of um a nice prestigious venue so we've got this funding so yeah. we're going to spend it we have um, a nice prestigious venue somewhere invite young people from all over the west midlands area not necessarily just birmingham that have young businesses that are starting up in business that already have established business to come set up on the day sell their goods promote their you know what they're doing and we'll then be inviting established, you know, businesses and business owners again from across the West Midlands to come and join us and come and see what our young people are doing, yeah. see what they're capable of doing, see what they can to offer guidance, to offer, you know, promotion. And again, it'll be a much like most of our events, you know, there's free food, we have a DJ, yeah. we make it a bit of fun, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not a serious event, we have fun with it. Yeah. So, you know, all that will be going on too. We're just inviting everyone to come along and, you know, see what our young people are about. Yeah. Stop just looking at them down your nose and thinking, yeah. oh, they're, they're young, they well, know something. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm very open-minded anyway, but even just being at that event, I was like, wow. Yeah. Just wow. And how, like, polite, wow. they, like, how polite they all were as they well. They are, wow. Like, I crossed one on the stairs and she's like, oh, sorry. And yeah, I thought, they are. They just, yeah, just they are. The majority people. are. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's one and two that are not, but even the one and two that are not, you have to take time to listen why. What, well, yeah. You know, I was I spoke to a beautiful young girl that night and I won't share details because it's mm. not for my story to share. Yeah. But I spoke to a beautiful young girl that I met that night and just speaking to her in a situation, something had occurred outside, but speaking to her broke my heart mm. because the other thing we're dealing with is a generation that's consumed by, tra by trauma. Yeah. So many of our young people have either been at the receiving end of a knife or, or serious violence yeah. or are active on the other side of it which is equally traumatic yeah of course you know stabbing yeah. someone's no easy thing to do no, no. you know and also we are also growing up in a society consumed with secondary trauma you can go on Facebook now, you could pull up anything you want, someone killing someone, someone stabbing someone, you it's know, do you know what I mean? Of course it's traumatising. Yeah. I've seen a, you know, a million and one videos where young people have been seriously hurt. Mm. 
And that's traumatic. Is. That is traumatic. It's and distressing. Dealing with that trauma, I didn't have it easy growing up. And I think all I wanted was just somebody just to ask me why, someone yeah, to listen exactly. to me. Everyone just assumed I was just a naughty little kid. I was there in a behavioural school. There you go. And all it took, I just, you know, it's one person that I remember my teacher. Yeah. They just sat me down and was so, like, What's wrong? Yeah, you were, I was just angry at the world because no one would actually sit down and ask me, That's right. Why are you like exactly. that? Why are you in a behavioural exactly. school? And once you find that one person, I think you were that one person for a lot of people. No, that's give me that, shivers. <laughs> Once you find that one person that does care and does want yeah. to know, it, that, that all of a sudden then I wanted to change my life, I wanted to do something well, um, and it just took that one person. Sure, and that's the thing, I mean, for me, as I said, I'm a school teacher, do you know what I mean? I've worked in the city for a, a number of years, yeah. and, you know, the relationship I have with the children that come into my class is phenomenal, and, you know, some of the more challenging children, you know... <laughs> I find those often with the biggest mouth. Those are the ones that play up the most are the ones with the lowest self-esteem and yeah, the least yeah. confidence of the bunch. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, at the event, it was so beautiful at the event, you know, the other week because six of my previous pupils contacted me like, Miss, can I come to the event? And I was like, yeah, of course you can come to the event. And I actually went and picked up four oh, of them, bought them, you know, that. and took them home too. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because that it, made a massive difference then. Oh, well, it has that. made a massive yeah. difference. I mean, you know, and, and one of them came to the first event as well and Dale and Daryl pulled him up on the stage I'd love him oh. and I mean you know he's vulnerable mm. he's a young black boy he lives in you know the heart of Hansworth he's schooled in the heart of Hansworth he's very easily influenced yeah. he's a very strong loud character that draws a lot of attention he's very 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 vulnerable mm. so it masks it don't he I suppose that oh, line has, it just absolutely it, you don't want absolutely so kind of keeping him close just that one yeah. person do you know what I mean just working with that one person you know, it makes it all worthwhile. And the same as I say, that beautiful young girl that I met, I will be working with in the future, most definitely. And, it, and it, she's got stories one. to share. She, you know, the stuff that she can do that can actually be so positive and so enlightening for others because, yeah. again, she has that lived experience And if trauma. you can change one person, yeah. they can change the world. That well, one person exactly. going to be a future predator. Exactly, exactly. And both of those, just off the top of my head, those two, I mean, there's literally thousands I could call, but those two are both so powerful that they could change the world and neither yeah. one of them recognises it. But you, once you... Do you know what I mean? Letting them, but, let them see that yeah, in themselves. Exactly, want to, exactly. So, wrapping up, mm-hmm. um, when's your next event? Where is it? Well, obviously, we're, we're collaborating on the event on the 21st of March, yep. the Peace Party, which is going to be at Zara's Nightclub, um, 4 till 8, 21st, free. You can get your tickets on Eventbrite. The link's mm-hmm. on the Birmingham Says No bio on Instagram. Um... And then within the next sort of four to six weeks, we'll have these three events rolling out in terms of the Young Entrepreneurs event, the bike safety and the, the postcode pulled together. So, yeah. Wonderful. Brilliant. Well, thank, thank you very you. much for coming. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Thank, thank you very you. much.